Hi, I'm Contrera, and you're listening to Beyond Beckdale, the podcast about women and film. is part one of a two-part episode about women and horror films. This part one is a general discussion about why women are more prevalent on screen in horror films. And part two explores the final girl trope and how this relates to whether women are being exploited in this show. You must always have faith in yourself. from it was from it follows for all of you who've been missing nick's dulcet tones we now sit down and have a discussion about the history of horror and what it means for women we'll start the conversation by talking about an article from jenica enoch for horror media website and I've seen this in lots of different places, actually, where the Gina Davis Study Institute, founded by the Gina Davis, uh, studied the representation of women on film in the top grossing films, I think there was about 130 of them, between 2006 and 2011, and um, in almost every genre, men outnumbered women on screen in terms of their presence and their dialogue, two to one. However, the outlier was the horror genre, where 53% of screen time was devoted to women and 47% of dialogue. So I suppose the first question we want to ask is, why do we think this is? Well, that's a good question. Something inherent in the genre, conceivably? Not necessarily something that's good for female representation on film, though, because when I think of a horror movie, particularly the classics, I think of a half-naked virgin running around from someone uh, with a knife. So, yeah, well, it's it, well, it, it is something that is definitely something that you'll see in horror films. Well, it's it's hard to answer that really. I, I think you have to go back to the core of horror films and say, well, what is the point of a horror film? And if the idea is it's supposed to scare you. Yeah. There's no real need to have more men than women, or there's no there's no discernible point to it. Well, hang on. So normally, well, actually, that sounds really bad. Like, like there is a discernible point in other genres. Yeah. Which isn't well, which isn't true. <laughs> well, no, you say that, but if you watch an action film or a drama or a thriller or something about yeah. a police, something with an important role, nine times out of ten, that role is fulfilled yeah. by a male character. Yeah, yeah. And the problem, or the good thing, depending on how you look at it, with ha- with horror, is that it's about vulnerability. And I think the most vulnerable character there is, is a young, seemingly innocent woman. And she, she is the, she's the Bambi-eyed creature who is running away from the big, bad... Because the, the, because the, often, if you're going to ascribe the genre to the killer, murderer, trickster, yeah. monster, yeah. it's normally a he. Hmm. I was going to ask you about this, about that concept, actually. Um, are they always he's? Not always, but I think mostly they are. Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger. Does it matter what the, what the um, uh, gender of a, of a, a monster or a creature or an antagonist in a horror film actually is. I don't think it does matter and I think sometimes it is female, like in Alien. Yeah, Alien would be well, a queen alien would be the the ultimate example. Species is another one. I think it's all by another one of those Geiger films, wasn't it? Um, 
I wouldn't say that's a horror though in the traditional sense. So shall I read you out a few classics? It, it was when I was researching this, I found it really interesting because so many films passed. Uh -huh. So many films passed the test. Halloween, Carrie, both the original and the remake, Evil Dead, The Craft, The Descent, Suspiria, uh, Scream and The Babadook, um, Rosemary's Baby, uh, All at the Exorcist, you have mother and a daughter there. And I think that there's a relationship there, a pretty obvious one, between how often women are on screen and whether the film will pass the test. You, you have, in Halloween, you probably have Jamie Lee Curtis and her school friends. Yeah. Speaking to one another or to yeah. a parent. Yeah. Um, in Carrie, obviously, your main protagonist yeah. is a young girl who's bullied by other girls and various other things that happen. What, what also comes in horror films, because you're looking at this virgin trope, uh, is a parental and son-daughter relationship. So I think you can pass the Bechdel test a lot because um, you have a mother and a daughter, and if they talk about anything other than a man, yeah. there's your conversation. Yeah, yeah. Although in, in a lot of those, a lot of those films, I mean, obviously it's 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 not just main female characters. It's it's also they tend to be sort of teenagers, I suppose, would be the uh, yeah. general characteristic. Uh, teenagers do talk about boys as a general thing, so the fact that they do pass, um, I'm not sure what that indicates, actually. Well, I think if you have more female characters on screen talking to each other, they can't always be talking about a boy. No, no. And I suppose the subject matter, in and of itself, I mean, I suppose that, that, that when you mentioned it before, you, you would almost, if you were looking to create the horror, you might choose, rightly or wrongly, to cast a female in that role because they are more vulnerable and if you want to create more of a fear factor um, having a, an evil monster generally a male character that's what I was saying before about does it matter if the, if the monster's male or female and, and then having a very vulnerable female does absolutely make sense well I think that speaks to gender stereotypes women are weaker mm. men are stronger yeah yeah however you can subvert it we're, by using monsters, using supernatural powers. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you can. Most of the horror films I've ever seen tend to, the, the survivor often is is a girl. Well, they have the concept of the final girl, don't mm. they? That yeah. comes from horror. Um, yeah, which is the triumph. It's a it's a little bit tortoise and the hare, or or it's about oh good versus evil. Yeah. I think that that good. It's a kind of old-fashioned biblical approach to the purest soul there is, is a virgin female yeah. who's at that age. A child, a child is not the same. It has to be that they they can be corrupted, but they're not. <laughs> so as a is this like the uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween yeah, type thing. Yeah, definitely. She was. She's definitely one of the the, the key representatives. Mm. of this and I'm trying to work out whether this is a good thing because at first sight to find this outlier this genre of films where you see women on screen far more at first sight sounds like a really good thing and but you should, don't think it is well should we be taking from horror films something into other films or is it actually an outlier, but not for the reasons that we think. Not because it, it again is showing up the Bechdel test, which is that just because you have two women talking about something that isn't a man, it doesn't necessarily mean that the women are being portrayed effectively on screen. Well, it might just be that, that thing I said where you, you put them in there because they're perceived to be more vulnerable, which I agree, I'm not sure that that's a... I'm not sure striking a blow for feminism by any stretch of the imagination.
Hello? Why'd you hang up on me? Annie? Was that you? Of course. Why didn't you say anything? You scared me to death. I had my mouth full. Couldn't you hear me? Thought it was an obscene phone call. Now you hear obscene chewing. You're losing it, Laurie. Well, I already lost it. I doubt that. Listen, my mother's letting me use her car. I'll pick you up. 6.30. Okay. Bye. Bye. Another film, I think I mentioned this earlier, um, which passes, which I'd like to bring up, is The Babadook. Oh, which yeah. we've obviously both watched. Yeah. And that's also directed by a woman. The director is called Jennifer Kent. It's an Australian movie. And I think that's interesting because the main, there are two main characters, the mother and the son. And the, uh, the story of the Babadook is about this character who the son reads the book one day. I think the book appears on his bookshelf. And it's a rhyming children's book, and it's about this scary character that can come out of the wardrobe. And I'd say the Babadook is probably a male thing, beast. And um, what I think is interesting, though, is that the mother, I don't think, is really that vulnerable. Mm. Except in the sense that the Babadook is kind of seen as a metaphor for um, grief and psychological illness. Because they're... Um, at the beginning of the film, uh, you find out that the father has died, and the son and the uh, mother are still reeling from that fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that was a really, really successful film that people absolutely loved, and it didn't have any women walking around in their underwear. It was directed by a woman, and it was still just as scary. As other horror films. I think you can have strong female characters in these films, no doubt about it. So is that a good a good thing that can come out of the representation in horror? Is that although the female characters may seem to be the most vulnerable, if they end up being the final girl, does that show that women are stronger than we're perceived to be? It's a tough call, isn't it? Though? Because what, what are you saying there that's... You know, the, the last girl who makes it out of the forest having been chased down by a guy with a chainsaw is somehow strong. I'm, I'm not convinced that that is still a positive female representation. Well, she could just be lucky, and she's certainly undergone adversity, but she's probably had to take her bra off or something. Yeah, or even if she didn't, the insinuation is there constantly. <laughs> well, and there's this horrible good and bad thing that, you know, there's always the joke... About, uh, you know, if you lose your virginity, then you're going to die. Well, it's not even that. It's, it's, it's like being promiscuous in a, in a horror film is a death sentence. Let's not kill ourselves. I mean, those girls all having sex in Halloween, they were always going to get stabbed to death. <laughs> only, ja only Virgin or Jamie Lee Curtis were surviving that mess. And that's a really risky thing to do in a film in terms of kind of putting down female equality. Yeah, and it only applies to women as yeah. well in those films. It doesn't really apply to men at all. It doesn't apply to the male characters. Although plenty of male characters come to a nasty end. They do, but not for that reason. No, and that's the negative thing about having more female characters in horror films, is that there seems to be some kind of lesson to be learned. Mm. And that lesson may well be good equals non-promiscuous, good yeah. equals doing what you're told. It's almost as if it comes from the horror stories that families have told their children over the generations. If you're good, then the big bad monster from under your bed won't come and get you. Her nose is broken in two places. And then there's surgery. I'll pay for everything. Can't even pay your own bills. Look, I really have to go. Claire, I think... Someone is stalking me and Samuel. What? A book turned up at our place. I threw it away, but somebody glued it back together and put it on our doorstep. Amelia, I just can't help you right now. I don't expect you to help. I, I just wanted... If you're that worried, you should go to the police. I've got to go. Claire, 
is never just a horror film. It's always a metaphor or an <laughs> allegory for something else. Isn't it just? Isn't it? Yeah. There's, there's, there's always, the, the, like I said, there's always a moral lesson to be learned, and the monster is just the vehicle to get you from your position of, I don't know, being arrogant or uncaring, especially when it comes to teenagers. And then by the end of it, you've learned a valuable lesson about how you shouldn't have been this bad person, you should have helped your friends, and you appreciate your life more. So then, I think it's interesting, like when you see a horror film, were you surprised to find that there was there was more screen time devoted to women? Was I? I mean, I think when I when I when I read it, because um, I've never really thought about it. Um, yeah, I think possibly. Um, mainly, mainly because because it, as a genre, it doesn't it's, it doesn't strike me as a particularly uh, female orientated genre at all. Now, it, we said before, you know, you can have more screen time, but it has to be the right the right screen time. And the article, the one you're referring to, mm-hmm. it, it does it does you know, really sort of try and sell this concept of horror and saying horror films buck the trend. I think it's a, that's a very narrow-minded view of what kind of exploitation you're getting in horror films. There are exa- I think there are instances in which you can do it. I mean, like we talked about Alien before, we mm-hmm. talked about that. Um, Let the Right One In, probably another one as well, where you, where you have quite a strong female character. Yes, and that's an interesting one because it fails. fails yeah, it fails the test, but that's because you have a main... The monster's a girl, though, isn't it? Yes, the monster's a girl, um, so maybe that's where it, it fails, but it's also it's mostly about two children, and one's a girl and one's a boy, and they're kind of... Well, she's, she's hidden, the vampire girl. She can't really speak to yeah. other people anyway. So, um, that kind of... Do you know what I mean? You can't. Yeah. It's setting itself up to fail yeah. anyway, but she's probably on screen... Yeah. Just as much as the boy is. Well, it's kind of the boy's story, isn't it? In that the right one in. I think. The, I mean, I think the other thing about horror. I, I think that potentially, at least, certainly not in all the cases, but some of these will be will be true. Um, I think horror lends itself to a, a a natural balance of of men and women anyway, because there is sort of sex involved and things like this. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got five, six people going and hanging out in a in the woods for a weekend, which is a classic horror concept. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't really fit well for it to be six guys. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's just gonna look a bit weird, isn't it? It looks yeah. a lot better if the three stud guys bring along their three potential th- yeah. sexy women. Yeah, potential sort of uh, what is it? Sorry, promiscuous women. Um uh, who will be punished for that, except one of them, of course, <laughs> who will survive. But she might not be the well, well, the one. interesting thing is the guys probably get punished as well, although although not for that. It, it, uh, they'll get punished for, for being guys, really. Um, yeah, for wanting to... But maybe they are punished for being promiscuous, too, I, I, I but don't it's know. not the same I mean, obvious well, I don't know. I think women are really being punished for yeah. it. Men, uh, well, yeah. you know. A man doesn't have to have sex in a, in a horror film to be killed. I think if a woman has sex in a horror film, she is the chances are dead. Yeah. No chance. But, but, yeah, so are there horror films, then, that don't have sex at their core? So yeah. The Babadook Doesn't, yeah. that's a newer one. Um, looking at this, so The Craft. The Craft doesn't really... That's a good example of a kind of, that is a teen genre, not even a proper horror movie. But it passes the test because it has four female leads. I think the subject matter with the craft lends itself to women anyway. It's, 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 if you're going to go talk about four witches, then yeah. you are probably going to make them four girls. Um, and then you have something like Rosemary's Baby, and that passes because I expect Mia Farrow's character talks to the neighbour, neighbour wife about various things. But even then, that's not really a sex horror film, but it's a um, fear of childbirth and fear. I don't know what it is really. Fear it's, it's of giving birth to a demon baby. I don't think it, I mean I don't think it's so much Mia Farrow being preyed upon by a bunch of men as I think it's Mia Farrow being preyed upon by everybody around. Her, yeah. Men and women. Yeah. Um 
actual meaning of all that is, but uh, so that does pass. Though, yes, it does. Yeah. Okay. But the thing again is that in order to pass the Bechdel test, you only have to have one film. It doesn't even have to be that long. Some uh, reviewers have said it should be at least 30 seconds long to pass. I'm not entirely sure whether all of these are. Mm. Well, I still got, I, I, I mean, I don't know, how do you feel about making this baby? I feel like it's quite a strong female representation. It is, but at the same time, it's very much about nobody listening to her. Everyone thinks she's going insane, and mm. it's actually probably everyone else going insane. As a woman, I... That's really interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a good film. Um, Roman Polanski, the director, knows who he is aside. Um, I think it's a good, good film, but I think that, again, on the basis that every horror film is actually about something else, I almost think that that's about women's role in society. What, women not being listened to. Yeah. And that their opinion is less than a man's. Do you know what? I never, I guess because I'm a guy, yeah. but I, I never would have thought of that. Um, this is what we're trying to do with the yeah, world, getting yeah. people to look at these films and think, do people see this, view this through a different prism? And you could watch that film and say, this film has got nothing to do with a devil baby at all. It's to do with people not listening to women. Rosemary, go back to bed. You know you're not supposed to be up and around. Is the mother? Uh, Rosemary. Shut up. Shut up, you're in Dubrovnik. I don't hear you. What have you done to it? What have you done to its eyes? He has his father's eyes. What are you talking about, guys? I so normal. What have you done to him, you maniac? Satan is his father. The Exorcist in that as well. I think The Exorcist, obviously there's, there's one part of it, which is that it's about Christianity. And it's about, you know, fear of good and evil in the very traditional sense. And they have the crucifix and, you know, the exorcism. But I also feel like partly the exorcist is about people not listening to the mother or the daughter. Is it Reagan? Like heart, most, of, most of that film, people aren't really necessarily believing what's happening. I remember there's a lot mm. of male characters walking around saying there's nothing wrong with her, she's probably just ill. It's an interesting point because it, I, I don't know whether I think that that... I, could, I, 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 don't, I, could, I couldn't say whether I think that that's a female character no, because it, or, it, yeah. or just because yeah, it, it happens a lot in horror films where uh, you know so, something slightly supernatural happens and then and then they whoever it is tries to explain it and no one really believes them no but i'd be interesting to see interested to see if i would i wouldn't be surprised to find that where there's a mother or a female character explaining things to other characters i think she's less likely to be believed Possible. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I never really thought about that. Well, that's the thing. So you have more female characters on screen, tick, good thing, but then you have them put in situations where they're conforming to gender stereotypes in how they dress and how they look and how they behave. There's a whole, you know, like, subgenre of women in horror films running, running around in heels, <laughs> which is absolutely stupid because if you're trying to run away from something you would kick off your shoes and heels are really hard to run in everybody knows that um, so we have the promiscuity aspect to it and if you have more women on film and then something bad happens to them and then they have to explain it to people often a male police chief let's say then <laughs> we are sustaining the idea that a woman's opinion on matters isn't necessarily believed by a man. I'm looking at this from the most negative, what's the worst thing that could happen by there being lots of women in, of course in you, horror? Of course, you could interpret that the exact opposite and say that, you know, through the eye of the viewer, who see everything that's happened, um, the woman is telling the truth. Yes, that's a very good point. Yeah. Uh, the man doesn't believe it. Well, I mean, who looks who looks worse there, the man or the woman or the man? Does. They might look worse, but I still think there might be something that 
inadvertently get put into viewers' minds that women aren't to be believed at first sight, even if we know better. <laughs> but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That might be unfair because there have been plenty of films, horror or not, where a male character says something ridiculous and the audience believes it because they've, they've um, invested in the world and believe what he's saying. Um, and it's not necessarily about gender. Mm. Um, one of my favourite films ever is The Shining, and that... That can't pass. No it failed. There's only one girl in it. Yes. So I suppose the question I'm asking there is, um, is, is a film that doesn't pass the Bechdel test in the horror genre a bad thing? Is that a fair part, a fair fail, though? If you've only got, what, three real characters in it? Four, four you've got Scatman. Yeah. yeah. Four, who, who, and he's not really... The two girls, you've got the two, you've got the two twins. But they don't speak. They don't speak. They, they just, they, they, they just, they just speak. stand around they looking... They point their fingers. They stand around looking <laughs> creepy before getting cracked yeah. up. If only they said something if to I ever each saw other. Them, if I ever saw them in a hotel, I would just <laughs> shit myself, I kid you not. Yeah. Um, but what, you've got... Jack Nicholson and yes. uh, what's the uh, Shelley, Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall. Duvall. And then the little kid. That yeah. Red, 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 red. Yeah. Okay, so Shelley Duvall. Let, let's look at her her character then. See, see, the thing is, I can't even remember what her name is, which is interesting. Whereas his name is Jack, because we know all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Would we know? I can't remember her name. Do you know what? I wouldn't have remembered Jack's name were it not for that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah sorry, and what's on. the boy's and it's got the red rum, but that's Yeah. Okay, so there you go. So, okay, so maybe that's not to do with her, uh, her gender. Timmy. I yeah. wanted to say Timmy or Billy. Timmy, no, he's a little boy down the well, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so back on track. Um, so, Shelley Duval's character, mm-hmm. she's a wife, she's a mother. She's defined by her roles there, but there's nothing unusual. I think it was made in 1980, I want to say. I think it was, I think it was. There's nothing unusual in that. Um, She doesn't have a job. She doesn't have an income stream. She is a full-time mother, and she wants to support her husband, who's writing a book. And they go to this hotel where he is the caretaker, but she also helps out and organises and things like that. Is she a bad representation of a woman yes. in a horror film? Why? She She's perfectly entitled to be unbelievably terrified when her husband starts going no, insane. I have no qualm with the way that she reacts to, to Jack Nicholson. I have no qualm with any of that. Um, but as a female representation in general, she does come across as a bit dim-witted. Okay. You know, she acts a bit stupid, let's not kid ourselves. A bit simple-minded, I think, would be the description I would use. I always wondered why he was with her in that film. That's interesting. I don't necessarily think of Kubrick as a director who is portraying negative female characters. I'm, I'm sure Stephen King made a comment about this. It's one of the reasons why he hated he it. Like he didn't it. like it. Yeah. Because he felt that she had been portrayed as, as really dumbed down. I do think that, well, there are all these stories, I was going to say horror stories, haha, of how many takes Kubrick made her do of that scene, the Here's Johnny scene, it's like 90 takes or something, and also she had a mental breakdown on the film um, set. How many takes? Something like 90. Yeah. Um, and she had a mental breakdown. So, um, nice. wasn't an enjoyable experience for Shelley Duval. So, not only are we saying we don't think she's a very good character, she also actually had to go through a horrendous experience. Maybe, I'm being, maybe I'm being a bit harsh on that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just... I, uh, well, this is interesting. So, I haven't ever thought about it, but often the female co-lead is, a, is the foil, is the straight man. And Jack Nicholson dominates that film mm. in every scene he's yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. So, it wouldn't necessarily matter on the gender of his partner, could have had a gay husband if they were doing it that way, it, that person would have to be the straight character. I think the interesting thing is, is can you think of a film where the uh, Jack Torrance character 
is played by a woman in the horror genre. So the one that's ultimately going a bit crazy. Yeah. And also starts attacking other people. Does that actually happen? Misery? Yes. <laughs> Which goes to Stephen King. Okay, so Stephen, well, he's written a lot. Um, yeah, it is a horror, but it's still that still lands within the realms of reality, doesn't it? So she, yeah, she she works. She works in terms of she's definitely the psychopath who becomes genuinely dangerous. She's a great example of. I have no idea whether misery um, passes or fails, but she is a memorable character, and she makes that film possibly more than James Caan. I think she does. Yeah, because often the psycho baddie does. Yeah. They're the ones that you're going to watch. And she upends the idea of the nice middle-aged book fan and then becomes genuinely scary. She has to do it by a more female method. Uh, Jack Torrance can run around the Overlook with an um, axe, but she has to tie the character mm. to a bed. Mm. Which I think is fair enough, because we have this whole issue between uh, strength and weakness between the genders. And I think that misery shows that you can be just as scary and threatening and dangerous as a woman. Mm. So, yeah. whether it does pass or not... Well, again, it might fail on the principle of just not enough characters to really pass, because it's really just James Cole and Kathy Bates, isn't it? Sorry, Paul, this is all wrong. What? You'll have to do it over again. It's not worthy of you. Throw it all out, except for that part of naming the gravedigger after me. You can leave that in. I really value your criticism, but maybe we're being a little hasty here. Paul, what you've written just isn't fair. Not fair. That's right. When I was growing up in Bakersfield, my favorite thing in all the world was to go to the movies on Saturday afternoons for the chapter plays. I know that, Mr. Man. They also call them cereals. I'm not stupid, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you said pass. It does pass. Both of them pass. Um, the one with uh, Chloe Moretz also does. Um, yeah, that's... Again, that's Stephen King. Stephen King. Go, go Stephen. You yeah. are just fighting that. But he kind of monopolizes um, the, you know, the, the, the horror arena anyway because he's made so many good things. Um, and he's probably, when he's writing something, I expect he probably thinks, oh, I haven't written an evil female character recently, I'll do that again. Um, yeah, but Carrie's interesting because that, that's, about, that's about being a teenager. Carrie is about bullying and feeling different. And, you know, he, it's really interesting that Stephen King totally goes to town on the kind of period blood mm. metaphors with all the pig's blood and all that kind of thing. So... I've never been offended. I never got that metaphor. <laughs> I've never been offended by Stephen King's depiction of girls, teenage girls, in that film. You know the bit where uh, the guy with the blonde hair, the one who's he's the the guy that takes her out to the to the dance mm-hmm. at the end, mm-hmm. and it was I think it was supposed to be a setup, but he kind of goes through with it yeah. in the end. Yeah. And she kills him as well, doesn't she? And even though he's quite sort of nice to her. Well, is that something about when you turn evil, when, you, when you've when you had enough, you go too far and you can't distinguish between who's actually helping you or not? Again, that's another, that's another film where Stephen King has portrayed a female protagonist, but she is kind of within the realms of normality. It's, it's a psychological issue. Well, it's not a supernatural issue in the same way that, you know, some of his other films are like It. Yeah, well, she's also not the, not really the antagonist of the film. Um, it's essentially told from her perspective anyway. Yeah. So you she's don't really, don't, yeah, you yeah. don't, you don't really come out of it in the same way that you think the the clown in it or anything like that. No, she's an anti-hero. Yeah. She's the person who's getting her revenge on everyone, the teachers yeah. as well yeah, as the students. Yeah, cheering her on. Definitely. Yeah. So. Eyes. <laughs> I think that, therefore, we've established that in some horror films, even if they don't pass the test, if they have a strong character... Well, it's good enough. I mean, Carrie could pass 
on the principle there are enough characters there. I mean, I, I don't think from what we're saying here, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at those Stephen King ones, that the ones that we think fail, which are The Shining and probably Misery, but no, but probably, they're not failing due to lack of strong female representation, are they? They're, they're just failing due to not enough characters in the plot to, to realistically pass. So does that mean that horror as a genre transcends gender issues? Well, I suppose the point is to scare you, isn't it? So. And as a ma- as a male viewer, just you as a representative of the entire male race on Earth, um, does it make any difference to you if you think the central characters are men or women? No, I don't think it makes no. a difference at all. I don't think it does to me. I, I, th- I think it would be okay. Th- this this just may have been rammed into me just watching so many horror films but I do find the idea of a guy well let's invert the roles I do find the idea of a woman with a chainsaw chasing a guy through a forest just odd frankly <laughs> I think at the back of, your mind, back of your mind you might just be thinking I'm sure, he, I'm sure he could take her out so you're saying you don't think it's believable but in a horror film it's not really designed to be believable are they? well no people are always making silly decisions which is a nice segue into one of your favourite films in the woods. Is it part of the ritual? A ritual sacrifice? Great. You tie someone to a stone, get a fancy dagger, and a bunch of robes. It's not that complicated. No. It's simple. They don't just want to see us killed. Uh, Yeah, I, and I suppose really, with, yeah, 
I suppose the point about pantomimism, taking all these films that it's based off, you know, the Evil Dead and, and all this kind of idea, uh, in terms of female representation, it's really the key. It's the first person and the last person. The, the two girls are really the kind of the promiscuous slut and the and the virgin. Yeah. The first of the first of which is you know the former of which is is doomed to die. Yeah. Just said. Yeah. Um, it's the virgin I, that makes it all the way. Yeah. Through. It's the, the virgin. Alert. Yeah. Um. And and the promis the promiscuous girl. First of all, not only does she have to die, but she has to die first as the form of capitalism works. Yeah. Um. Is that standard? So I that, don't so know if it's yeah. totally standard, but they obviously certainly early on, early on. Yeah. yeah. And they also, just to say, they also have like kind of two jocks and a geek. Yeah. That's all they have is the three guys. So there is stereotyping across the board. So I don't think in any way we can say that this is negative towards female portrayals in the film because the whole point of it is to take the piss out of portrayals. However, if you're taking the piss, that's because there's something that's a standard. Yeah, yeah. Which we've already discussed. So, yeah, sorry. So then there are all these rules... Um, and they start pumping in, like, drugs into the room to make them want to have sex with each other or want to do stupid things. Yeah. Act in a very, in a very nonsense, or a very horror way, in, in essence. Yeah. Completely contrary to yeah. common sense. Because, yes, because that is the crux of the matter, mm. which is that the horror genre, most of the time, until more recently, um, had its characters behave in a way that just didn't make sense in real life. So many things, so many scenes I could think of where you, you would do the exact opposite of what someone would actually, of what the person in the movie actually does. Yeah. Like, let's split up. Let's split up. Which they do in mm. Cabin in the Woods when they take the mickey out. Uh, I always used to think, like, I think it was probably Poltergeist where the, if there was something under the bed, you'd, you'd lean over the edge of the bed with your head first. Yeah. So thinking, God, oh my. Do you know what? I would jump off the bed about two yards clear just to be sure that nothing could grab me. In, in anything, even just watching um, Stranger Things, there's always that peering in, peering into something that you know is bad. And that's just designed, it's kind of almost boring now, designed to shock you because you think someone will be grabbed or stabbed or in, in some way hurt. And I just think... I don't even do that when I'm walking home from work. If I saw something, I just would not peer into an eye hole in a fence. <laughs> because I just assume that I was going to get stabbed in the eye, which is what happens in, um, or I can't remember if it actually happens or you think it's going to happen in um, the faculty, the beginning of the faculty. <laughs> and I have a true story about that, which is I never actually made it through the whole film when I watched it because I saw that scene at the cinema and I ran out and I made it through for the first 10 minutes. I have since watched it and it's not even very scary. I've seen much scarier films. It's just a massive letdown than that, yeah. Um, (laughs) But I do remember that very, very clearly because um, I think you were saying this to me in an off-air conversation that um, uh, wanting to protect your eyes Quite a common, it's a big thing in quite horror. a common horror thing that is yeah. protection of eyes. Um, so yeah, back sorry, to cabin in the woods. Yes, yeah, back to cabin in the woods. Um, it's, I mean, it, it really does illustrate the, the the points you're making before about okay, so you've got this fairly poorly represented girl that you know the the girl who slips around, she's going to die. Then you've got the one that survives. Although I think in the cabin in the woods, the the rule is she doesn't have to survive. It's just that everyone else has to die, and then you can... It's yeah, debatable. that's the final girl. Yeah. That's the final girl. She can, she can she, live. She can live, but she doesn't have to live. Yeah. A, she just has to be the last she one. She's the last one alive. Yeah. So, yeah, the first the first girl who dies, that's, that's, not, that's not a great representation of women at all. And then the last one... It's also the guy as well. It, because that, it, that's not isn't it Chris Hemsworth? It's also the guy, because they, there's that horrible machine thing I hated where they have the, they have a um, the bet don't they between all the staff working on it behind yeah. the scenes as to which thing they'll uncover first and that means which of the um, nightmare scenarios will come and there's that guy at one point there's a guy who has that horrible claw 
machine because I think um, they go for the girl first, so she's about to have sex with Chris Hemsworth's character. Right. And so they then get him. So I think it's, yeah, the rule is promiscuous girl first, guy who was trying to be with the promiscuous girl second. I think I think the order gets messed up. I mean, she has to die first. The other, the other three, any order will do, as long as they all die. Yeah. And then the last one, could live, could die, doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but just as a pure, you know, representation of women, I mean, the, the, the last one lives is, is, you know, she's usually the, the virgin, or at least the virgin who's been preyed upon the entire film, and isn't exactly demonstrating a whole lot of strength, other than the fact that she's survived. Yeah, she's quite strong in it. Yeah. But what you haven't thought about, which Catherine Inman Woods is quite clever at, is the director. If I remember rightly, the director of the entire world-ending horror project in Cabin in the Woods is a woman. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So... Um, although she plays this sort of strange, mystical person. Yeah, she like, just Like the head of some shady government agency who says, by the way, you've all got to die. Um, yeah. Um, but that's still a nice turn of events. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that, that's the thing, though. The, the problem is, is that Ripley has become such a stereotype of a, of a strong female character that people just hire Sigourney Weaver to be in their films and five minutes. I know, you just can't, yeah. she's doomed to play those roles forever. Which, it, which is great, it's great, but she shouldn't be becoming a caricature, which is what this almost is. It's fine in Cabin in the Woods, because it's always good to have a, a female strong character who's in charge, mm. because that was something that didn't used to happen yeah. so much, um, unless you look at the kind of nurse ratchet character, where they're just a bitch. Mm. And they're in charge just to cause pain to people, whereas you know she is a director, pleasing the name. But at the same point, um, she, yeah, you can't just have Sigourney Weaver as the only person playing this role, otherwise, <laughs> because you know she is probably five foot eleven. She's, um, you know, she's not the, you know, she's great looking, but she she's not that pouty dream pixie girl. Is no, she she she's has not. a she no. has a very specific physique. I think this is all born out of Alien, isn't it, really? Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I, you might argue she's continued to play that no, role. But, but it's a good thing, because it, it's a good thing, but at the same time, it's, su- it's such an anomaly. Like, yeah. you know, she, she also plays roles in Avatar, where I think that's slightly different, because I think she is a scientist, but she's also softer, and then you also have her role in Galaxy Quest, where she's actually playing a little bit of a dim... Uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty character, which I which I like more. So she she has got range, but but it's always strong women, isn't it? Because it's it's also working girl, the person to miss. Yeah, and this, this yeah. Thing. And is that to do with height and stature mm. and what have you? I don't know. Is it is it all of those films came after Ripley? So you know after the Alien films. So um, but Cabin in the Woods does it. It, it, it's actually quite interesting because there are debates about whether it passes or not. That's the really funny thing about it. So you've it. got like half and half. There are there are female characters that talk to each other, but it's mostly right at the beginning of the film or right at the end of the film. Right. Because there's at the beginning where they do you remember right at the beginning they're packing to go to this cabin and the girls are talking about changing their hair colour and what they're going to do and then they slide into oh but do you fancy that guy? So the entire conversation does not pass the Bechdel test because at some point they start talking about boys. But there are parts of it that, that right. are girls talking about something else other than a man. And then right at the end of the film, when Scorn Weaver's character, the director, comes in, and there's also a couple of other people who work behind the scenes, on occasion there will be the odd phrase where a female character was saying it to another female character. But in no way is this a film about the importance of female solidarity no. in a horror movie. No. Because it's taking the piss out of the trope. And my question to you is, is this a good thing? Because it's highlighting the ridiculousness of how women are portrayed in horror films. Or could it have done better? What, what a well, hmm, good question. Um, well, I'd say one of the slightly overlooked parts of that film as well. I, I, when I say overlooked, you, you, it's just not really at the forefront of the film, but it's alluded to, mm-hmm. is there was apparently also a Swedish group in it and a Japanese, Japanese group, group, who of course do their own horror films, and this is where this is all coming from, so you know, the Japanese with the, the slightly creepy looking girl with the long dark hair and the white dress, 
don't know what to school girls. Uh, I'm sure there's loads yeah, of Yeah, I, I just think, when, when I think <laughs> Japanese horror, I'm thinking sort of Ring and those kind of films. I just yeah. think, you know, creepy looking Japanese girls with the, the shoulders down and the hair, you know, that sort of creepy. And then I think that the sort of Swedish one is, I, well, I'm just thinking that the right one is where that's really sort of coming from. And so they do sort of allude to that. And obviously they are doing it from the point of view of an American audience and the American yeah. style of filmmaking. Um, so what, what are we asking there? Are we, are we really saying that, that is the fact that it's alluding to a kind of genre, and all right, making a bit of a joke out of it, or a commentary on it, is the genre that, it, that it's basing itself on in any shape or form good for women? No, I think I'm saying is the film like bringing this to the forefront and making it funny going to help with the development of um, better female representation? Well, potentially, I suppose. I mean, it's... it's I suppose, you know, the, the fact that you recognise all the characters um, and can see the humour in it means, well, actually, well, what's wrong with inverting all this? And you might ask yourself some... But you know what, what, what I would say about that is you might look at the, the wider concept of ignoring the five people in the cabin in the woods for a minute. What about all those people that were running the, the laboratory that was just taking yeah. place? The two main scientists there were men. men. Well, why not make them women? Would, would be a question, I suppose, there you are, might ask. Well, because the director's woman, a woman, and there are other female staff members, I remember. But you're right. That's the way that you could really upend it. I think that Cabin in the Woods is a great film, but I don't think it went far enough in terms of challenging the stereotypes that it was serving up. The Virgin. Me. Virgin. We work with what we have. Thanks, Nick. That's the end of part one. Now, if you want to go listen to part two, where we start talking about the final girl trope. Thanks for listening. Bye.